Hello, and welcome to this edition of Life's Tough, You Can Be Tougher. Our first podcast was earlier this year, and since we started, we've had a number of inspiring and engaging guests, and lots of free-flowing conversation. I'm Dustin Planelt, your host. This is a show about life and purpose. It's about the stories we all have. Everyone, when you think about it, has a story. Some stories may sound more riveting than others. That's to be expected. Not every story, after all, is the basis for a blockbuster movie or an HBO miniseries. When you think about your own story, the most important thing to consider is what you will do with it. Or, to put it another way, what will your legacy be? We're looking forward to another fantastic show today with our special guests, Emily and Chris Norton. You may have seen publicly about Emily and Chris's new book, The Seven Longest Yards, which had its release earlier this summer. Or perhaps you've seen stories about their story through media outlets across the nation. It's a story of triumph and perseverance in the face of devastating adversity. In any event, Emily and Chris Norton are with us today. This is an episode you don't want to miss. Before we begin, I want to welcome a returning sponsor, the POI Institute. The POI Institute is a private, luxurious, holistic detox center located in gorgeous Cabo San Lucas on Mexico's Baja California Peninsula. POI offers safe, medically-focused Ibogaine detox treatments for individuals suffering from a variety of addictions. Call the POI Institute at 833-POI-CABO. That's 833-POI-CABO. Or check out their website, POIibogaine.com. That's P-O-I-I-B-O-G-A-I-N-E.com. Be sure to tell them that Life's Tough sent you. In October 2010... Chris Norton was a freshman football player at Luther College in Iowa. It was the third quarter of a game against Central College. Following a Luther touchdown, Chris was on the field with the kickoff team. He ran down the field and attempted to make a diving tackle of the Central player who was returning the kick. Chris's timing, though, was a split second off. His head collided with the other player's legs. And in that instant, Chris recalled, I lost all movement and feeling from my neck down. The accident would change everything in Chris's life. A helicopter soon picked up Chris and transported him to a hospital. He had suffered a severe spinal cord injury. After he was transferred to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, he had surgery. Doctors told Chris he had perhaps a 3% chance of ever feeling anything below his neck, let alone walk again. That was just the beginning. Chris worked hard in his rehab efforts. He returned to Luther College in August 2011 and November He won the 2011 CBS America's Choice Honor for Courage and Sports Award. Three years later, after that October day on the football field, Chris met Emily Summers. Let's welcome them on now. Chris, Emily, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having us. We're so excited to be on. Yeah, thanks, Dustin. Yeah, what a story. So that day, that changed everything. How How did you face this, Chris? How did you deal with it? Well... I was thankfully I had my foundation, my foundation of faith. Um, so my parents, they dragged me to church and I, I went reluctantly. But on that October 16, 2010 day, 
uh, where my life was completely flipped upside down. I didn't know what to do, what was going on, what was going to happen to me. You know, I clung on to that faith and just had hope that maybe something good can come out of it, which is uh, tough to think about when you're going through something difficult. It, it but is. I just had, yeah. I had to make that choice of hope. And uh, it was a tough choice. And those times I questioned it too. Like, is there hope? Like, should I um, think that something good could come out of it? But I just held on to it and I knew how to do my part and work as hard as I can each and every day. You know, it's Chris, back in 2001, I was in a baseball accident. I was playing for a college baseball team. I collided with another player in the outfield, hit me dead on, hit my legs, landed on my hip and on my back. Uh, and I was convinced, too, that I wasn't going to be able to walk again. A helicopter picked me up off the field. Again, I was convinced it was over for me. I can't imagine going from a college athlete, a guy just playing football, just doing what you love, playing sports, your life ahead of you. Again, I had to deal with it for less than one day, and I was complaining about what I didn't have when they gave me good news. You, however, did not allow this to break you. So your faith got you through, I call that, that's the stage one. Um, now stage two in your life entered an amazing individual. Her name was Emily. Where'd you guys meet? Yeah, so we met online through a dating app, actually, and it was just this instant connection. Um, I felt like I had known Chris for so long. I was so drawn to his ability to just focus on the good and be thankful for what he had. And he went through something so life changing that um, he could have had a million excuses to just, you know, focus on him and um, just get through life. And he didn't. Instead, he was able to use it to better himself and to better other people as well by doing his um, starting a foundation to help others and then also motivational speaking. So it was just amazing to see. I've always had a passion for helping others. So it was amazing to find somebody who had that same passion and was living it out. And yeah, it was just, it was just this instant connection. Wow. And, and so Chris, for you, when you met her, you were, as some might say, not at the best place you could be in life. And yet she looked through all that. This must've been quite amazing. This bond, this connection you both had. Yeah. Like, when I was first hurt, like one of the biggest fears I had was, you know, am I going to you know, get married someday? Will a girl look past my physical challenges? And I didn't know that answer. And I, I wondered if you know, that would ever come true. And meeting Emily and seeing how she just wanted to get to know me for who I was and not um, get caught up in the physical paralysis um, was really um, special to me and obviously she, like too like she's gorgeous which helps and, yeah that, that's, uh, and that, that's also, like the addition to it yeah but like the who she is as a person is like the most beautiful part of emily and just her passion for helping others and seeing that and seeing what she, she how much love she has and how much she wants to help and give back to others was like inspiring to me and she's made me um, now, like a, a way better man, a way better person. And that's kind of what you look for in a partner, too, is like someone that's going to make you the best version of yourself. And Emily has certainly done that and more. Wow. And so I look at Emily, what you were able to take on. And then on top of it, you committed to Chris. Yes, let's adopt. Let's adopt a child. I mean, the, the, let's adopt two. How did this begin? It was this you are again, you both had been dealing with a lot, yet you knew you were stronger together to get through it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, I've always had 
ever since I was in high school, I um, started this mentoring program and I met Whitley. And that's when my eyes were completely open to foster care and the fact that there are kids in our country who don't have a family and don't know their loved. But then on top of that, they're also through, going through these terrible situations where they're being abused or neglected. And um, I came from such a great family. So that was insane to me to think. Like, that how can this happen? Clothes. Yeah, like, yeah this how is can a, that happen? How can yeah. that be real? Right, exactly. Like, I could not believe that there were kids in my school, in my community, that were going through these terrible things when I had everything I ever could imagine. So really, from a young age, I was very motivated and just knew that I felt like that was my calling for why I was here on this earth was to help kids in these situations to see they're loved and they're special and God has a plan for their life. Um, so that's how where it all started. And I had to really learn some tools when I went through a hard time time of depending on God because I always depended on myself and I did I always had that passion but I put that responsibility of like the kids that I was trying to help their happiness on my shoulders and eventually it just weighed me down um so I had to learn like if, in order for me to follow this dream of mine and really be successful at helping kids in hard situations I had to let go of what's out of my control um depend on God and not carry that pain but be able to let go of it and surrender it to God so I can just get to work to really make this um make this where I'm able to do it so yeah so we had a lot going on but we knew the need we knew there was so many kids all around us who um didn't have that family or that safe place and we knew we could give it to them wow quite a story and I look at you Chris what you went through starting up a foundation isn't as easy as most people might think it, it takes it takes a lot of time it takes a commitment uh, a value system. Tell me about that. How did you how did you get to the spot where you were able to raise nearly a million dollars to help others uh, with spinal cord injuries? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it starts with a dream and it starts with a passion. And just um, you don't think I didn't think that we'd ever raise a million dollars. Like that was never um, I never imagined it to grow like that. But just start out with like seeing how privileged and fortunate I was to have the support of the NCAA catastrophic insurance policy, an insurance policy that's covered all my rehab and medical expenses. And I began to meet other people with spinal cord injuries and other neurological disorders, not have those same opportunities as I've had, and that they just couldn't afford a proper recovery and they couldn't yeah. afford caregiving. And I just like broke my heart seeing how fortunate I was. And I was like, I have to do something about it. Well, I started speaking. And I spoke to a nonprofit and people came up to me afterwards that speaking presentation, like, how can we support you, Chris? Like, what, what, how can we get involved with what you're doing? And they want to give money to me, but I didn't need the money. I didn't, I had my medical and everything covered, um, but I knew a lot of people who did it. And so that's when I started the foundation and uh, began to raise money to provide better rehab equipment to the areas that didn't have it uh, because not all medical rehab equipment is created equal. Like you go to a YMCA in Florida and you go to a YMCA in Idaho, uh, they're going to be pretty similar, but with um, recovery of our paralysis, the equipment is so expensive and it's not all created equal for um, each clinic. So we first started with that and then people just started to get behind us. And um, I just told everybody about it and um, just through, I think, my passion, my energy, my commitment to it, uh, you just keep kind of chipping away at it just day by day. Um, it's a process. Um, but when you care enough, you just find a way to do it. 
And then I also had a dream to start a wheelchair camp. And that dream uh, took place this June of 2019, where we had uh, 25 kids and their families and siblings come for a week-long camp for free wow. to do zip lining, horseback riding, laser tag, and a bunch of other just um, community building activities. And we had a blast. It was so much fun. And, uh, you know, we started the foundation about seven years ago. So, um, but we're just thankful to be where we're at and we just want to continue to make an impact. Wow. Well, you guys are definitely making an impact. And we read that you fostered approximately 17 kids. That's, yes. that, that, that's a lot of kids you've you brought into your life. Um, what have you both learned through that uh, by looking at it through the eyes? And we always say here on the show that everyone has a story. And I always say every foster kid has a story. Um, what's that been like through your eyes to, to witness them coming in from trauma and them living with trauma? Yeah, for me, um, Emily is the one that introduced to me the foster care system about group homes and about kids who are out there who don't have the support and love that we were given, uh, that I was given as a kid growing up. And so I just never, my world, my bubble that I lived in, my small little bubble was popped um, because of Emily and opened my eyes to what is going on out there. And so Emily really encouraged, um, you know, me and us to to take this on. And so when we first um, opened our home, I was, scared i didn't know if i was qualified to do it like will i be good enough and you know you think all these what ifs and kind of your mind jumps to the worst case scenario but these kids come in just so ready and just desperate for for love and just to feel special and to feel safe and we're we're more than capable of being able to do that we we can provide a safe uplifting positive environment we can uh, we have plenty of love to give and so we just uh, have been more and more inspired to do it the more kids we even get in our home and uh, seeing the transformations and the progress that takes place while they're with us is so special. Uh, yeah. And although yeah, it's really incredible. hard, yeah, although it's really hard to say goodbye, um, you also just got to focus on what you can control and what you can do for them while they're with you. And that's what we focus on because a lot of people that we talk to, um, they're like, Oh, I would love to do that. But I just could never say goodbye. I, I could never let them go. That'd be too hard for me. While yes, it is really hard and, um, it's going to be painful, but, um, we get into it not for you know ourselves, but for them and what we can offer to these kids. And, um, so we will let our adult grown up hearts, um, hurt, so that these kids can feel loved and, and hopefully they hang on to that and they know that they are loved and special no matter where they go, even if they're not in our care. But hopefully that will just plant the seed of what they want and what they strive for in their own lives. Wow, beautifully said. And being a foster parent is one thing. Adoption is something else. Talk about that part of your journey. Yeah, so we we got into foster care actually through Whitley. So Whitley was 17, and she called us 
Um, she didn't have anywhere to go. And so we ended up saying yes before we knew it would be foster parents someday and adopt as well. Like it's just had always been on my heart, but, um, we didn't know we were going to do it as young as we were. Um, but we knew we had to step up cause we were so scared if Whitley ended up in a group home or somewhere else until she turned 18 and then she was on her own without that family. Like what would happen to her? And we knew we could be that support and that family and that safe place for her. So we did step up. And then after Whitley, we decided to open our home to other kids in the foster care system and we at the time we were completely like all in for foster care um with just where we were at in our life and being younger we're like we're just gonna love on these kids as much as we can with the time we have and then root for their families try to help them to you know reunify like the goal of foster care and then we had um so whitley we realized when she was um, 19, we realized she like still questioned and had fears if we were going to leave. Um, she had been had so many um, so much trust broken from people in her life that um, should have been there and should have taken care of her. So it was extremely hard. It's still hard for her to just let that wall down and trust us. Um, so that was a thing where we realized like, Hey, like she still fears that she's not part of our family forever. Where in our minds, like she is our daughter, she's, she's family forever. Um, so that's the first step. And we're like, we need to adopt her. We need to make this real. She brought up that she would like that. So that was the first thing we did in December of last year is we adopted her at the age of 19, um, just to really help her know, like you are ours. Yeah, and, you're ours. Um, Beautiful. and that didn't take all the fears away though. I think she thought it was going to, um, of like, Hey, I, I'm just taking away the fears of like, Hey, they could leave. Like this is, this is real. Um, afterwards we still had to battle with that trust and still she's really had to fight being able to let us in because it's scary. Um, and she could get hurt because it is like, you know, she's had us for a long time. So it's really scary to her. Um, so that hasn't really changed a lot, but I would definitely notice some changes with it. And then we were fostering at the time for girls, um, for siblings. You're kind of outnumbered there, huh, Chris? I know. Oh, yeah, he's very outnumbered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they ended up where the parents' rights were terminated, and then we were given, like, the opportunity to adopt them. And we just love these girls so much. We had always been so connected. They fit in well with the family. Um, and we just knew like God chose us to be their parents and for these girls to be our daughters. So we chose to pursue that and we just adopted them in February. Wow. So it wasn't Incredible. really part of the plan yet, but it was part of God's plan. And it's by far the best plan. Um, God had that planned up for us so much better than what we could have thought or imagined for our life. Um, but yeah, so it's, it hasn't been easy. There's, it's, they're doing really well right now they've been with us for a year a year and a half now and so they have a lot of their, their behaviors have gone down with the trauma and um the fears of having to leave like they've really settled in and the adoption actually helps them a ton to realize like they're here forever so that was really cool to see um but yeah it's been an absolutely amazing journey just helping to help these kids know they're loved and special like some of our favorite moments are just when these kids like have said to us, Hey, I think I'm special. Like this is, makes me feel special. Like going out to McDonald's with like for a date, like one girl was like, I, you are making me feel so special or making pancakes on St. Patrick's day. Uh -huh. that are rainbow colored pancakes. Um, our so daughter cute. looked at us and was like, I think I'm special. So like those little things in those moments where you feel like, Hey, this child, I think for the first time is feeling special. It's just, it's amazing. And we are just so thankful to be a part of it. Wow. Uh, feeling special, you know, being a former mm -hmm. foster kid myself, now hearing you talk about 
what you want for these kids. Uh, your your plans for the future. You said that God has plans for you. Well, what yes. are the plans that you guys have put out in front of, in front of you? Where are you going? Well, I th- I'd say that first off, we want to be just great parents and raise you know uh, great daughters and uh, help them be their best selves and just you know being married, just be the for me to be the best husband that I can be. Uh, but then also we have just dreams to just continue to make an impact and make a dent on this world and just to spread hope and um, let our story and our example to inspire other people to just take, encourage them to take one more step forward and to choose that hope and that there is always hope. Um, so through this book, The Seven Longest Yards, you know, we share our story, our testimony uh, to inspire people and to find the strength in it within for them to move forward past their challenges. Uh, we have a documentary film coming out called Seven Yards to also, you know, share that story and uplift, uplift people. And I do motivational speaking. I travel the country, um, sharing my story, my message in the nonprofit. So I just want all those things to just uh, make a difference for someone else and to uplift them. And so that's what really motivates me and fires me up. Well, you know, plenty of people look up to you too, all around the country and now with the documentary coming out and with the book being out. So are there any people outside of each other that you look up to for guidance, mentoring, or even friendship? Yeah, I mean, the first person that jumps to mind for me is like my dad. Like my dad is uh, a mentor of mine, someone I look up to, and uh, he's always just been so supportive and such a great example for me to look up to. And then also, you know, people like Tim Tebow. Um, who has been really supportive of us and he's someone I look up to, like all the, the, the impact that he's making on this world and just how he lives his life is really inspiring to me. And those are just a, a few examples that of people that I think are, are living life well. And um, I also, my wife is an inspiration of mine too, just how passionate she is and uh, just the how she can speak life into our kids and the kind of mother she is and the parent she is, is uh, really inspiring. Wow. And Emily, how about for you? Yeah. I mean, I would say that, um, my parents for sure, I am where I am because of them. And I honestly, like we do what we do because of them too, because they were always there because they provided such a loving, supportive family. I want to be able to give that back to other kids and it made such a huge impact in my life and it does make an impact in my life. So, um, I know that if I can do what they did for me, for others, for these kids in these situations, that it will make an impact for them too. And then definitely Chris as well. I mean, I get, um, just so much support and love from him and just, he pushes me to do more and be more, um, than I think is possible. So I would say those are the big ones for me. Well, and then we always ask everybody on the show for the final question. Who's the toughest person you've ever known, Emily? Oh, um, let's see. The toughest person I've ever known. I mean, I would say Chris. I would say that. He's and by the way, we took a guess that that would be it. So I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you nailed it. <laughs> that's funny. Um, that's, he definitely just has the absolutely toughest mindset, positive mindset that I've ever known. And just his ability to have a dream and goal and be tough in order to make it happen and just keep working every single day on um, everything that he's passionate about and really just impacting others. He's just very, very tough and making sure to stay motivated. And even when he doesn't feel like it, he does it anyway. So it's 100% Chris. 
Yeah. All right, Chris. And ha- how uh, about for you? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lob the ball. All right. I mean, I'm gonna have to say my wife Emily. I mean, <laughs> she like the how how much she does for taking care of me, for taking care of our kids. Um, but the more she has on her plate, the more she rises to the occasion. And we've had seven kids at one point, hmm. uh, seven girls, that's, and we have a dog. That's a lot. <laughs> and a, and a um, so dog. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and we're really out, so we're really outnumbered. But like, as how Emma's able to manage it all, and then also just like not get caught up in the chaos because there is going to be chaos. But like, how she just has so much joy and love, and just um, makes a lot of special moments um, is really inspiring. And like, she doesn't get caught up in that stress, and just can just have and fun with life. She's a real prankster, so. Um, <laughs> you're, you're always trying to, you're always trying to watch out, huh? Exactly. And that's great. Well, we appreciate you guys joining us. Any final words you have uh, for the audience? Uh, we don't. I mean, we're pretty active on social media, so uh, people wanted to uh, connect with us there. Uh, my handle is at Chris A Norton sixteen. Emily's is uh, Emily Summers Norton, and then also my website is Chris norton.org to learn more about um, me the speaking the nonprofit, the book the film uh, and just connect with my email newsletter whatever uh, it's all through that website well thank you for joining us today thank you thank you so that wraps up for our show for today thanks again to emily and chris norton for making this another outstanding episode of our life's tough podcast and also a special thanks to my dear friend gerald levin life's tough chief writer and my sherpa and to my friend John Miller of the Alston Carlisle Studio here in Baltimore, Maryland. You already know life is tough, and running your own business is tougher. You need a financial planner who's tougher. Carl Grund is a financial planner who helps small business owners navigate the market and grow their business through financial strategies. Give Carl a call at 703-287-7128. That's 703-287-7128. Or send an email to cgrund at sfpfinancial.com. That's cgrund at sfpfinancial.com to learn how Carl can help you get tough on business. Securities and advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. The stories we all hear are as varied as the people who tell them. It's impossible to discount the impact of any one singular experience. Instead, I ask you to use your story to empower others. Your story may be just what it takes to help somebody in your circle, or perhaps in our community, to get through a tipping point moment. An instance in which that person either chooses to continue to be a victim, or where the person finds the strength to transcend a particular situation. Please subscribe to our show. Visit lifestuff.com. And be sure to join us every week for a new, stimulating hour of heartfelt discussion. Tell your friends about us, too. Remember, everyone has a story. Every foster kid has a story. And every story has a purpose. Life's tough. You can be tougher. Thanks for listening and being a part of our community. Now, for the entire Life's Tough team and a sign-off from Alston Carlisle Studio here in Baltimore, Maryland, this is Dustin Plantle signing off. Have a great week, everybody.